Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the Collider Weekly podcast for all things animation, including reviews and interviews. Coming to you all the way from the backwater burg of Lindenfeld, I'll be your host, Dave Trumbor. And joining me from deep in the Belmont family vault under the crumbling castle of Vlad Tepish, it's my special guest, Evan Valentine. Welcome to the show, bud. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Welcome it's back. It's happy to be here. It's yeah, been it's been a while. Oh, yeah. It has been a while, but I'm glad to come back to talk about the exploits of Trevor Belmont and the rest of his uh, vampire hunting clan. Absolutely. <laughs> now, I think the last time we had you here was before your current position. That's so, right. Yeah. So what have you been up to since those days? Oh, so I am currently a writer for comicbook.com. I write about comic books, animation, anime... Uh, WWE wrestling now, actually, and some horror stuff. And, and, and every place that all those things cross over. And uh, every place that all those things <laughs> cross over, which is more than you'd think. Yeah, I would imagine <laughs> that it is. When's the Scooby-Doo wrestling uh, movie coming out? Oh my god, it's, it's sooner than you'd think. <laughs> <laughs> One of your main focuses, though, is anime, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how's that been for you? It's been it's been very cool. I mean, one of the things that's been very cool about it is just diving back into the medium and learning a lot more about the series and everything. Like, before I had started my job, yeah. I didn't know anything about One Piece. And now I'm an expert on it. Now he's seen all 775 <laughs> Oh, there's yeah. way more than that. There's 908 <laughs> oh episodes. That was a test, and you passed. <laughs> you got to know about Monkey D. Luffy and the Devil Fruits. And all his gum gum powers. Gum gum powers and all that fun stuff. In the order to get the job, uh, Evan actually had to sing the American version of the One Piece theme song. <laughs> Otherwise, he would not have been hired. I, I did. Ha- I actually did have a funny. I had a funny interview story because one of the things that I was asked was what was my favorite season of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and they asked they asked me to rank it because they wanted to see if I actually knew my knew stuff. stuff. Sure. And I talked their ears off about what is the greatest oh, anime sure. series. Evan, of- Evan would do that well before he was hired. By- <laughs> I've heard a lot about JoJo. <laughs> Far too much. Far I too really much. try to sell my friends on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which everyone should watch. You shouldn't really need to be sold on it. I just <laughs> it's so relentless that it's so exhausts me. I don't have the energy to keep up with it. Like, really, it's I could talk about any one element, and it would either like this. You'd either say this show is for me, or it's not for me at all. And it, avoid it, is, it at all costs. It's weirdly, I watch so much anime that like it is for me, mm. but I can only take so much of it at a time. I get so that sounds about right. By it. It's yeah, just like I can't right now. I need, I need. That's that's a good response <laughs> with regards to it. Yes, for sure. So speaking of uh, binge watching anime and stuff, obviously we're we're talking Castlevania today. You guys probably figure that out by the intro, and we'll get to that in a second. But another famous vampire anime. Did you get a chance to watch Helsing Ultimate? By any chance? Oh yes, I did. Did you get a chance to watch that? That thing is um, relentlessly nihilistic. It's brutal. It is brutal. And I mean, it's funny. So like going back into my anime past, mm-hmm. the first anime thing that I ever watched was the original Vampire Hunter D. Even before Berserk. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I was about seven years old or eight years old, my buddy at the time, um, had a copy of Vampire Hunter D oh and showed it to me. <laughs> and I was like, cartoons can be this. Yeah. And that kind of like set me on the path and everything. Yeah. My first anime experience, I was probably like 10 mm-hmm. and it was Ninja Scroll. 
Oh, God. So yeah, that's a rough much, one. Very much of the same literal vein. How about that rock man? Oh, boy. <laughs> I was just kind of like, I have a lot of questions that I'm yeah. not going to ask my parents about. Because it was, it was What are you watching? I'm not watching anything Nothing, that you need Mom. to know about. Sesame Street, probably. It's a cartoon about ninjas. Don't ask any more questions, You'd probably please. be like, oh, like the turtles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah just like that. 100% like the turtles. <laughs> Kids, go watch Ninja Scroll. <laughs> But today, we're not talking about any of that. However, there is a vampire connection because we're going to be talking about season three, Netflix's Castlevania. And if you're not familiar with that, go watch it on Netflix now and then come back to this later while you're listening to season three. But before we get into our discussion today, we're going to turn it over to a friend of the show, longtime listener, Bobby Anthem. You know him, you love him. Here he is with a synopsis, Castlevania season three. In the aftermath of Dracula's death, Trevor and Sypha are traveling, Alucard remains at the castle in misery, and Isaac is returning to Europe for his revenge. But Carmilla, reunited with her vampire sisters of the Styrian ruling court, sees a way to take advantage of Dracula's demise and build a new future, and she needs imprisoned Hector to achieve it. Bobby, thank you so much, as always. Bobby, be sure to let us know who on Castlevania you would like to be. Would you like to be a vampire? Would you like to be a forge master? I picture Bobby as a forge master. They have a rough go of it. They do have a rough go, but I think he would be like, I think he'd be all right. Yeah, you know, unless he runs into Carmilla and her sister. Just steer clear of the the night creatures and whatnot. You'll be fine. Forge masters, though, other than that, they got pretty cool lore. They do. They do. We'll get into all that. Just to give you guys a heads up at home, though, we are going to be talking about spoilers on the show. It is out now. You've had roughly two days, depending on where you are, to check it out. So we are going to be talking about spoilers. Uh, This episode may also include some adult language, because the show itself is rather adult. Like Ninja Scroll Nelsing. Pretty adult. It's pretty adult stuff, kids out there. So uh, just as a heads up. Lots of guts, lots of nudity, all those Surprisingly, the nudity was interesting, because that was not a staple of the first two seasons, really. Yeah. Uh, now that I think about it, not particularly. Way more on the gory side for the first yeah, two seasons. Yeah, it's always been violent, it's been bloody, and it's been gory. But uh, this is the first season we actually get like a, a sexual kind of like element incorporated into the story. And we'll talk yeah. about that in a mm-hmm. minute, too. But if this happens to be your first time listening to the show, here's how we do this. Our review is going to be broken down to the good, the bad, and the LOL. So is that a Clint Eastwood movie, as my friend Sean is fond of uh, talking about every week? No, it is not. However, in the good, we will be talking about what worked for us, the bad, obviously, what did not quite work for us, and the LOL, rather than the ugly, is what made us laugh intentionally or otherwise. We want to be respectful to the many, many, many talented people who work on these shows, but every once in a while, there's something funny that uh, comes across on the screen, makes us laugh for one reason or another. So we're going to get there. Not a lot of funny stuff to be found in the show. A lot of uh, design. intentionally funny or unintentionally yeah, funny? Intentionally, they have some like fun... They have very, some nice banter. Some banter, some dry, witty one-liners. You know, that's interjected with uh, horrifying... <laughs> yes. Just disemboweled Child murder. Child, child murders. Uh, sometimes a child has to go run to an apple tree. Go to the apple and tree. fall into... <laughs> a spoiler pit. <laughs> a spoiler into a terrible spoiler pit. Man, what a thing that had nothing to do with the story. Yeah, that's yeah, for real. I mean, that was such a funny. That was also such a funny thing because Saifa's reaction to essentially be like, "Are those animal bones?" And it's just like, "Yeah, I don't think animals wear outfits and clothing." That's animals, clearly animals don't wear underpants. <laughs> They're allowed to run free. <laughs> Maybe in this world of Castlevania, where. The animals could be secretly monsters. It is true. Like, uh, let's get into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. before we get into specifics, there we're talking season three. All ten episodes are, are on the table. 
from a high level, Evan, what works for you about overall season three? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I guess we, one of the things that you kind of have to talk about with the good of season three is just the world that was left following the end of season two. Yeah, so set that up. Um, Bobby talked about it in our synopsis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's so, break um, that down, yeah. yeah, with the end of season two, we saw Dracula being killed, which yep. was a pretty, as fans of the video game series Castlevania know, Dracula dies and comes back to life on an almost like, e- like even games. Dracula's alive. Right. In odd games, Dracula is dead. He's and on so his way back. He's on his way back. A cult is trying to bring him back. His son is trying to kill him. All these different things. And so at the end of season two, in practice, and like one of my favorite animated action scenes of all time, I'd have to say that like rivals Avatar The Last Airbender mm-hmm. and some fight scenes that I've seen in some anime. Um, Trevor Alucard and Sypha, our three favorite vampire hunters, storm Dracula's castle, have an insane battle with the vampires there that's just amazing, as well as having the Castlevania theme playing oh, yeah. in the background. It's just so great. But they managed to kill Dracula, and they kind of split apart uh, Game of Thrones style, where we have a lot of different storylines that never inter... never meet right. ever again during the season. But... Um, yeah, Sypha and Trevor have become much closer. Alucard is living an isolated life that had me. This this season, one of the one of the best things about this season is the number of belly laughs that I had. Interesting, because um, like Alucard talking with the dolls, yeah, was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where where Alucard is currently living in Dracula's castle. He's very isolated. Yes. He has no idea how much time has passed. He says it could have been like days, weeks, months, or years. We don't really know. It's yeah. I mean, it could be happening at the same time as right. Trevor and Cipher, or maybe it's much longer. We have no idea. But um, he's set up a doll that resembles Trevor and right. a doll that resembles Sypha and is talking with them about how he's losing his mind. Right. And Much like uh, Tom Hanks on the island with Wilson. Oh, yeah, with Wilson. That's Wilsons. great. Yeah. Um, and so, as well as just Trevor and Sypha's banter yeah. between one another is fantastic. Like, um, one of the things that we'll dive a little more into is the idea of this season being a slow burn. Yes. I mean, that's kind of how it was presented not so much in the first season, because the first season was just four episodes, right. so they had to do a lot with a little amount of time. And the second season was only twice that, so it second was only season, Yeah, yeah. So and even a little st- more real estate. Even still, like, that second season, I can still remember it kind of being a slow burn, because it was essentially, like, we got to know the three characters, right. we got to know Dracula's henchmen, some of who didn't make it to the end. Yeah. Um, Peter Skargar... Peter Stormare. Or Peter... Yeah, so Peter good. Stormare's uh, vampire, Brand. who... Yeah, who gets uh, killed by I'm God Brand the Viking. <laughs> I like. Well, I can't say that. Yeah, word, but I also like to make boats. <laughs> yeah, too bad he never even got to fight uh, a Belmont or anything before the end of that. He got killed by a human. Spoiler alert! If you haven't seen, yeah. Uh, well, a very badass human that's who true. happens to hate mankind. That's true. Uh, that's another great. Uh, really, the um, the writing from Warren Ellis, the who is also who's a comic book writer who has written yeah. things like um, DC's Authority. Uh, Desolation Jones, um, and just a ton of other different Marvels. Moon Knight, which is the best interpretation of the character I've ever read. And we've yet to see that on the big screen. And we have to see it soon to see it on Disney Plus, I believe. Uh, 
Hopefully. Hopefully, maybe. Fingers crossed. Um, but Warren Ellis's character work is just fantastic. Yeah. The way that he's able to bounce all these characters off one another and like their witty banter, their repertoire. Um, what season three is able to do, not just with the returning characters that are favorites, but also introducing new characters, oh, yeah. both heroes and villains that are able to be very like charismatic. Uh, Saint Germain, who fans of the video game series may or may not know. Yeah. He's, it, it, for me, I was just kind of like, who is this? Yeah. Who is, <laughs> even I didn't, before I started, I'm somewhat familiar. There's the Castlevania lore wormhole, quote unquote. Yeah is insane. It's yeah. really like, it's a series that spans thousands of years. Yeah. Um, many, many, many generations. Like, all into the into times. the past, yep. into the present, and far into the future. Which is like the sort of sci-fi aspect of it that we kind of get a glimpse of in season three, which I was not expecting. Neither was I! Which yeah. is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, to go back to a couple things that you touched on and mm -hmm. break them down a little bit more. So, season two, I think, probably... That standout episode with the fight against Dracula is yeah. one of the best things from yeah, this series sure. so far. I was like, how is Powerhouse going to... Powerhouse gonna... Animation is, is the, one of the main uh, uh, animation studios and sort of like choreography, storyboard artist to set everything up for these these big sequences. Uh, if you guys out there are interested in, in hearing more from Ellis and producer Kevin Colby themselves, check out Collider because I do have an interview with them as well. So we talk about a lot of these same things. But one of the things Ellis talked about in, in the interview was mm -hmm. certain fight sequences, they actually do script out beat by beat. Oh, very so cool. In they storyboard them. Some of them. Mm -hmm. Well, he scripts it. They take it to Powerhouse. They storyboard it. But sometimes he'll take it to Sam Dietz and just be like, here are all the things that need to happen. Mm -hmm. For example, in season one where uh, they're... Trevor is fighting the the creature in like the Undercroft and yeah, Cypher yeah. is like a statue and he has to free her from... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Cyclops. Mm -hmm. Cyclops. So yeah. that was scripted beat by beat. But then other things, he'll just say, like, here's where we start. Here's kind of what happens. Here's where we need to end. You guys go crazy and figure it out from there. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I think probably for the Dracula story, this Dracula fight, a combination of the two, probably. Sure. But yeah. for me, one of the best sequences of the entire series. Was there anything in this season that you think was up Rival to that level? Rivals. Yeah. Uh, that final fight. And again, before we go into it, just, yeah, a reminder that we're going to dive into some serious so spoilers. Spoiler so this is going to be one of those things where it's like, if you don't want to know what happens, if you haven't seen it yet, like steer clear. But that final fight scene where the cult of Dracula has opened up a gateway to hell yep. uh, and is unleashing some of Castlevania's weirdest uh, monsters. And that's, that's what kind of set it apart, I think, from season two is that while season two was strictly pretty much all vampires, like yep. there was a couple of fight scenes where they fought against like the creatures of the night. But at the end of this, Trevor and Sypha are fighting a Cthulhu, <laughs> a, um, I don't even, the, what's that thing from a lion, the lion, the witch in the wardrobe? Oh God. Uh, that, that has the hooves and it's like, like a satyr. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. The thing that was shooting the bow oh, and yeah, arrow, the bow, but like an enormous like satyr, but yeah, they're all the, kind of like weirdly, some of them are kind of celestial because there mm, were some that look like the angels, angels and yeah, it was very like, it was like the cherubim or uh, not cherubim. What are the, the seraphim? Yeah. Yeah. All the hierarchies of angels. There was one creature, there were a couple of them, but one type of creature that were, like, pretty powerful yeah. actors when they came out. Insanely powerful. That's just, like, what are we going to do again? And, like, they have to go <laughs> up against, like, three or four of them. It's just kind of like, what is going on? <laughs> 
that that is really like one of the things that really uh, aside from the character uh work that Ellis does just the fight I mean I mean we've been talking about it, but like the fight scenes are just jaw dropping in terms of well, there's there's a scene particularly, uh, and we were talking about it a little bit uh, prior to the recording. Was the um, Cypher's learning to yes. bend electricity, like a certain other show? But Cypher's Cypher's abilities to uh, bend have always been impressive. They were certainly yeah. impressive in the season two fight, but in this one particularly, where she's blasting off thanks to the fire powers and everything, is just really amazing. Um, yeah, and the the coordination and choreography of Trevor's use of the whip. Yeah, and then the whips. The whips of the, themselves. Did you know that both of those whips have names? They well, have so official one's, names. one's vampire killer, yep. right? And the other one is Morningstar. Um, Morningstar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So one is one is. And Dracula knows both of them too. Yes, Dracula. Yeah. In season two. There's, he's like, oh, I, was I remember the. <laughs> yeah, and that's very much. That's another thing that goes back to the lore of because this is all basically. You could make the argument that this is a retelling of the games. This is like the sure. events of Castlevania 3, the, the Nintendo 8-bit game that right. brought all these characters together and everything. Is that Symphony of the Night? Because that's originally what this was supposed uh, to be based on. Oh, Symphony of the Night. So where we are in the Castlevania timeline is I think we are a little bit after Part 3, and we're kind of in... I wish I could remember the name, but there was a video game that starred Hector fighting, uh, or starred Isaac fighting against Hector. It's weird because they kind of swap their roles somewhat between the game and the series. So they've kind of done that. So we're a little bit after that. Um, We're definitely moving into Symphony of the Night. I think that a lot of fans are going to be are going to be happy with the the groundwork that's being laid. That's essentially like this is this. Arguably, season four could be Symphony of the Night. Sure, yeah. If they if they wanted to go in that direction, but well, you and I were talking about another video game too. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, that, yeah. Is yeah. that in your good section though, or is that in something else? The uh, Judgment. Yeah. Oh no, it's terrible. Okay, uh, so... we'll, we'll table. <laughs> no, that but one. we I, as long as we're talking about it, we should talk about that. So this this season, another thing that Castlevania fans will really like is that this season is. Um, fit to bursting with Easter eggs yeah. of just stuff that happened in the video games. One of which that I never expected to see was Castlevania Judgment, right. which was a fighting game that used time travel in order to bring together all of the different uh, Belmonts and different monsters. While that doesn't happen in this season, there isn't a fight scene where all of them come together. But there could have been. There could have been. Yeah. There Honestly, there could have been. If St. Germain had been asleep for maybe five more minutes, he might have been able to see that. Yeah. But St. Germain, for those who do, of you who don't know, who's a new character that's introduced in this third season. And that's Bill Nye, too, by the way. Who's like, oh, yeah. Amazing. Does a fantastic so job. Good. Honestly, all the voice actors they get for this amazing. are just amazing. Everybody is at the top of their game. Um, well, Lance, Lance Reddick's in there too, Lance right? Reddick's he plays in there. And the, like, uh, like James Callis, you were talking earlier about how you liked Alucard. Yeah, he, he does yeah. the voices. He does an impersonation of Trevor and impersonation of Psycho. Yeah. But it's James Callis <laughs> doing the voice. That was really funny. He does. Yeah, he does a really fantastic job. Um, and so, Dan, so uh, Saint Germain in the original game uh, in the original game series is a time traveler. Mm-hmm. And while you don't necessarily see him time traveling in this. There's a number of different Easter eggs in terms of he has the hourglass so necklace. He has little, little Harry Potter thing. Yeah, he has a little yeah. Harry Potter thing on there. <laughs> and he's looking for the Infinite Corridor, which yep. is a big thing in a few of the Castlevania games. And where Castlevania Judgment is referenced is that and it, during one sequence, 
Saint Germain dreams that he runs into a woman who we don't know. I, don't, I was going to ask you if you knew who that was. I actually don't. I need to do a little more research in terms of who that might be. It's like a lost love of we just Saint know, Germain. Yeah, we just know from season three lore that it was like a woman he was in mm-hmm. love with, or a person, I guess. He was in love with uh, previously, and then he lost her. It was sort of like an Inception thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where they were playing around in this like multi-dimensional corridor, yeah. and he lost her there. So now he's trying to find his way back so he can find her and hopefully rescue her and get her out of there. The 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 ironic thing about his appearance is actually that in the games he's much younger. Mm. So he's essentially those. Events have probably already happened to him, right. and he's traveled back into the past as an older man or whatever, which is very interesting. I hope that they can kind of dive into that in future seasons. We'll see. Knock on wood. But the judgment scene. Oh, the ju- so the judgment scene is essentially uh, Saint Germain sees his lost lady love sees a locale that is nothing but clocks yeah. and moving gears as if it's in a clock tower, which was the locale of the fighting game Castlevania right. Judgment. So, yeah, that's that was a pull. And I don't know who... Right there, yeah. there, uh, you would know better than me in terms of, did Ellis seem like he had a very good understanding of like when the I, lore? So, when Ellis and I were talking about how, how he scripted the fighting scenes and stuff like that, I, I parlayed that into a question, same question, about the Infinite Corridor. And mm-hmm. He says he made the artist's and animator's life a living hell for that. <laughs> he had all those ideas in mind. Like, he wanted him to be in this kind of like crazy psychedelic rainbow colored it's very it's very like uh i i guess i kind of did a disservice in not breaking down what the infinite corridor looks like outside of those things multiple times because it's very much like you don't necessarily see scenes from time but i was kind of actually yeah you do you do do see a couple of scenes from time you You don't don't know when they're you don't know when it's happening um you can make the argument that actually some of those scenes might have come from oh man what is it? Curse of the Moon. That's what I was trying to figure uh, out. Is if they were game related or they just might. Like they, there was the um. Oh man, what is that? You see, I don't know enough. There's the Curse one. The was there's the one that came out for the Nintendo DS that was mm. um that starred a young reincarnated version of Dracula who was named Soma, I believe. Okay. Or something, and that took place. In the year, I want to say 2030 or something like that. It's coming up soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming up. Uh, <laughs> that that terrible apocalyptic demon war is right around the bend. Uh, so that's technically, that's something that ha- has yet to happen in the, um, in the series proper. But there are scenes that St. Right. Germain sees that could they, they're be possible revisited. realities, yeah. yeah. And Ellis was also saying, too, about we were talking about the design. Mm-hmm. He says he pulled a bunch of, like, 70s, like, Fillmore, like, psychedelic posters. From, oh, like, yeah. You can, you can totally oh, tell, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he gave them to, to <laughs> Sam and Adam Dietz. I think Adam Dietz was actually the one who was kind of in charge of shepherding the whole um, Infinite Corridor sequence. Because mm-hmm. that thing had to be a nightmare that was... to, to produce. Because there's so and much cra- And it's crazy on. because it's, it's amazing. It's it's amazing, but it's also not essential to the story. No, is the, it's very is the much that's, off to the side. It's very much so. It's more impressive that the fact that they put in that much work and detail into something yeah. that's not necessarily consequential to the story that we're experiencing now, but that will be yeah. consequential to... Well, and it's really smart, too, from a storytelling standpoint, because now that that's been introduced, mm-hmm. you can pull in quite literally anything that you want. Yeah. By using this kind of like demon portal, time travel, you can you can anything you can like, skip through the games and bring them all yeah. kind of together. Anytime in that, that you want to, that was mm-hmm. pretty smart. I love at one point he's uh, Saint Germain is just kind of like looking out on this like savanna, and you see this like 
two-legged creature running at him. I'm like, oh, he's back in like prehistoric times. And then it gets closer to him, and it's like it's like an, what is it, like an EVA it's, you know you know what it is. It's like, it's, it, it reminded me of uh, War of the Worlds. Like oh, a tri- like a Robocop. Oh, yeah, yeah, like the, um, uh, oh, man. ED something. Whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it looks like that, but that is, I don't, I want to say that might be, like, some kind of futuristic Dracula army. But that was the thing. I couldn't, I, I didn't know if, like, because there's, like, an aboriginal shaman. In oh, there. that's right. Yeah, there's yeah. Like, there's, so, there's, like, people running through. But it's clearly not in their time period. No, no, no. It's the, very separate. Yeah. Like, everything. But they're laying the groundwork for future seasons with that Sure. And they can do anything they, they want could. with that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, St. Germain, a great introduction, uh, if only for that reason. Yeah. But I've also got something else for St. Germain that I'll talk about in the LOLs. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I want to make sure we knock out some of this other stuff. Oh, yeah, for too. sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should probably talk a little bit about how this season is kind of broken up. Yeah, so it's uh, for sure. Four separate kind of So, it's, it's very much, and the way that I would describe it is that it's very much like the best seasons of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. At least in a storytelling where way. Where you follow a number of separate characters that will not... The first two seasons were about bringing together... Um, the characters that we know and you know them achieving their goal of killing Dracula and then going their separate ways so now we see the storylines we follow are Trevor and Sypha uh, walking into a small village that I want to say is something of a it's like a pit stop essentially it's It's kind of like a crossroads it's like yeah it's like a crossroads they're dealing with monster attacks as well as a uh, slowly forming cult of Dracula that are so creepy <laughs> and so just like, oh, well, because St. Germain tries to infiltrate them by essentially saying, I know a lot about hell. Do you know the origins of that uh, mark that you all wear? <laughs> we'll, we'll get to the LOLs because that was one of my... That was, yeah, yeah, that was a big one. How he just wheeled his way in. <laughs> because these guys are pretty nuts. They're, they're kind of like lobotomized very, to the point yeah. of just being like all in on hell. It's Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, so aside from that, we, we already talked a little bit about Alucard. Yeah, yeah. But to talk a little bit about who he encounters, he encounters a brother and a sister who essentially come from an eastern... Oh, they cult. say Japan. They, oh, they say yeah, Japan. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I so forgot. Japan exists, like, in this world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then everything else in kind of, like, the, the middle European Transylvania kind of area. They yeah. tweak those names a little bit here and there. But Japan still exists. Yeah. <laughs> but <they're, laughs> or whatever. What I loved about that was they introduced, like, it's not just vampires here in Transylvania and the surrounding areas. Yeah. Like, they're everywhere. They, and they rule. And they rule. Horribly. Lords and ladies and empresses and whatever. Everywhere. The Yeah, the... Um, and I don't remember the name of the vampire lord who was killed quite dramatically in season two by Sypha, yes. who had turned her into... I believe when she was in mist form, Sypha turned her into ice and slammed down her fist yep. and crushed her into the ground, <laughs> uh, which was amazing, but... Uh, these, this brother and sister pair essentially talk about how they had to experience some really terrible events under her rule and are attempting to learn as much as they can from Alucard and Alucard himself, who is in a state of, uh, I want to say emerging madness as he begins to he lose his mind. real he's, close to losing it because he's been alone for we don't know yeah, how long. Much, he's yeah, talking yeah, to dolls. And and <laughs> I, I, the, the whole season opens with a really beautiful sequence of light and, and mm-hmm. nature and life and, and just kind of like peace mm-hmm. outside of Dracula's castle, which sits on top of the Belmont estate. And then it just shows Alucard in the best anime sequence ever. 
just making preparing a meal. Yeah. Oh Which yeah, like, yeah, that's what, right. What animal? Boy, that looked delicious. Yeah, it looked great. Uh, when he catches the fish and, just, and he uses his super speed to like conk it on the head, just like um, <laughs> humanely kills it. Yeah, and you know the the funny thing about that, and another thing that kind of shows you that gives you an added layer of his character is that you don't really know if he needs to eat. Is the thing he, is, I think he mentions it in season two. I just did a recent rewatch. Oh, you did. Yeah, he mentions that he's half human. Oh, so he does. He doesn't necessarily of. need to. I don't think, but he likes. Oh, he likes. He likes the feeling. So, but it gives him. It gives him structure it. and routine. Yes. It's the That's thing, it. and um, and staves off that madness. Staves off that madness at least a little while. bit. But he he yeah. amazingly cooks. Really, foodies are gonna love. Oh, that. you're gonna love. It. <laughs> That's a great scene. Just watch that over and over, um, and then don't watch the rest of it because that's the happiest he'll be. <laughs> oh yeah, there. It, it just it's a roller coaster. It goes up, then it goes. Terribly well, let me down. ask you about that. So again, mm-hmm. spoilers because there's a pretty big reveal at the end of the season yep. in a great montage that kind of ties all these storylines together through an interesting way. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you? What was your opinion of? Um, was it Sumi and Taka when uh, they came onto the scene? Did you so, trust them? Did you like them? Well, I did like them. I thought they showed us a new side of Alucard that yeah. we hadn't seen before. Like a teacher. Yeah, like kind of like in a teacher role and everything. Uh, their betrayal of Alucard was somewhat predictable in terms... It was one of those like always kind of, I'm not sure. In, in what is possibly like the spiciest scene okay. of the hey, <laughs> series. If you're going to go Today. That's a heck of a way to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's, I like them. I, I thought, and that's, the, that's one of the things that, and I guess we'll talk a little bit more about this when we go into the bat, is that this is very, as I said, there's a strength and a weakness to that Game of Thrones structure. Yeah. That is that, in a way, season three is amazing. The character work is fantastic. But for a lot of people, they'll look at it as something as a, as a bump in the road. Really? To something bigger. Mm-hmm. Like, if, Sure. When when essentially, like again to use Game of Thrones as something of an example, when you look at those seasons of like season two, three, yeah. or what have you, uh, where everybody is separated, you're waiting for them all to get back together to go to King's Landing yeah. to fight the White Walkers, and this is to essentially do something better than whatever the final yeah, yeah. season was. <laughs> Unfortunately, the final season, yeah. I'm sure Castlevania will be able to, based on these seasons, oh, it will be able to steer clear of that. But, um, yeah, this season essentially has, it breaks up the characters and puts them on their own individual past, most of which just never meet. Yeah. The, um, the characters were introduced as we had, uh, we already touched upon Trevor and Sypha yeah. and St. Germain and St. Germain and Alucard. Uh, and then there are the devil forgers. Yeah. They had some interesting, they each get their own kind of storyline, but Isaac is the main player in his story. Hector is not. Yeah. Yeah. Did Hector you have a preference is, between the two? Um, I love, well, I loved Isaac's yeah, more. I, I would have to give it to Isaac because Isaac's constant, Isaac, who is a character who is attempting to eradicate all of mankind is perhaps the most human character of all of yeah. the, those that we see in Castlevania, who is constantly, it's almost tragic, he's constantly looking for reasons as to why humanity should survive. He's been sent on this, well, he is let, me, he is let me, re- let me they, rephrase, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. play with that idea, mm-hmm. though, throughout the course of this season, because he, so if you're not familiar with the Forge Masters and the Devil Forge Masters and what they can do, they can not only make weapons and things like that, but they also make armies for yeah. the vampires. So they're humans who can bring 
creatures of the night sort of back to life from fallen soldiers or from mm. enemies or just through death. They can basically pull a soul or whatever it is out of hell, put it in a, a recently deceased body, mm. and then animate it, and poof, you have a brand new soldier. Yeah. So Isaac has decided to carve a bloody swath across Europe yeah. looking for Hector, who betrayed him and Dracula, uh, and making his own army as yeah. he goes. As as he continues to move across the world. And He's basically a, like a conqueror at this point, but yeah. that's not his intent. That's, that's definitely not... Because there's a number of characters that he meets along the way. Who are awesome. Who are awesome, who give a very good reason as to why he shouldn't destroy humanity. Not in a way that they're vying for him not to do it, but just in that he's experiencing humanity at its finest. Human human kindness. Human kindness. And for every time he meets one of them, he's immediately greeted by an, uh, some soldiers that yeah. see this guy who's surrounded by, oh my god, you know what scene that I just remembered <laughs> right now? Is the scene where Isaac is around the campfire and he says, um... Which which one of you demons is the one that can talk to fly eyes. with the eyes? Fly eyes. Uh, is that his like I official think name? Think like fly oh eyes. my! Yeah. God. That is by far the and it's creepy on a number of different levels. Yeah. Not just because this thing looks like one of the creepiest monsters that you've seen in Castlevania so far. Yeah. Um. To to kind of paint the scene a little bit. Isaac, after eradicating, I believe, two cities... At least. At least, uh, sits at a campfire, surrounded by his army of monsters, and begins to talk to one of them, asking for the one that is able to talk with right. the fly eyes. Because all of these these monsters, these creatures of the night, they are... 100% loyal to the Forge Master, mm. but they're basically just uh, beasts mindless, and mindless yeah. soldiers. They don't... They follow orders and that's it. Yeah, and so Fly Eyes begins to describe his life before when he was a part of the Roman civilization, I yeah, believe. Because they're they're pulled from hell, so you don't know what yeah. you know, when yeah. they're gonna how long they've been there, who you're gonna pull up, so you never know what you're gonna And get. and in a very like it, it's a creepy but enlightening scene wherein Fly Eyes says how liberated he now is seeing sin as a release for him moving forward. And it's very just the way that, again, like this is another way that Ellis's uh, characterization and powerhouses yeah. animation works so well in conjunction with one another yeah. is that setting the scene of having this fire lit conversation where this terrifying monster is talking about the freedom that he finds in a, reveling in his sin yeah. that is no longer like nobody can stop him from doing it and the way that Isaac receives that you know there's a there's a part where I thought that Isaac would begin to realize that these monsters were just as bad as humankind but I think he sees a freedom in them and aside from all of that stuff uh, Isaac's ability to bring uh, demons into these corpses is amazing for fight scenes because when he's fighting a large group of uh, like human soldiers, human soldiers whatever, yeah. when he stabs one of them and kills them, they immediately turn into one of these horrifying demons. And they're not just like zombies. They don't just like get glazed over in the eyes and they're just like human soldiers. They morph. They morph. They one of them yeah. One of them becomes and he just stabs one of them, I believe, but one of them becomes like a 50 foot uh, I definitely want to talk about this <laughs> that scene, but I want to I want to move yeah, to that. Yeah. So there's a couple things to touch on here. Uh, when I think of Castlevania, I think of the obviously the incredible action sequences and animation that we yeah. get. Mm -hmm. I think of 
uh, the fantastic lore that we get to pull from uh, the video games, which for me is a lot richer even than the video games themselves. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's a lot more context mm-hmm. and narrative to it. But then this is rare, especially in adult animation. You get moments of pause. You get moments where characters just sit quietly. Yep. They talk to each other. They, they have these deep philosophical reflections about life and religion and hell and God yeah. and demons and, and, and existence and whether, you know, an entire species, <laughs> are they cattle? Are they meant for extinction? There's a lot of us? different a rule. Like there's so, so many different that. viewpoints there's in so terms of like, there's yes, there's a good and an evil side, but there's also Nuances many different that. factions yeah. of, um, and that just kind of goes into jumping back quickly yeah. into Alucard and where he eventually ends up is the perfect, um, like road to essentially Alucard is becoming his dad. You can talk about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, Alucard having just become almost naively. So becomes friends, a mentor to these, to this brother and sister team, the brother and sister team, um, offer themselves to Alucard. They have a a sexy time. They have a, they have a sex scene that is, uh, that is also, and we'll get a little more into, um, the plight of Hector. We can, we can talk about this all together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the mm-hmm. moment, and this is one of my, my good things, too. Mm-hmm. It's not the first time that sex is kind of, like, addressed in Castlevania, yeah. because you get the sense that Trevor and Sypha have been having sex on the road, and their yeah. relationship yeah. is deepening, and that's, like, the one good positive uh, portrayal of sex in this show. Mm-hmm. But three things are kind of happening at the same time by the end of this season. Alucard is in bed, and he's approached by the brother and sister, who both disrobe, and they, you know, want to have basically a threesome with yeah. them. Lenore, who is one of the four... Carmilla's sisters. She's one of the four vampire sisters of Styria, exactly. She's been kind of the main focus of that story, because yeah. she is getting close to Hector and... And what a great job she does. What a, what um, a fantastic what sequence a, between yeah, the two yeah. throughout this season. Mm-hmm. Well, their story, like, I like Isaac's better, because it's got more philosophical... Sure. To kind of and also on. just way more action-packed, yeah, yeah. as well as... Well it's as, a great balance. Yeah. As well as the fact that uh, and the poor, captain. just poor Hector. Poor Hector, man. <laughs> so poor Hector. So to set it up, if you haven't watched, I don't know why you're still listening. But uh, <laughs> Hector is another forge master, and he's imprisoned. He was basically dragged to Styria by Car- by Carmilla. He's treated like a dog or less. Just awful. Treated really. awfully. Lenore goes and she plays the diplomat. Mm-hmm. So she tends to him. She takes care of him. There's a great scene where he tries to get the upper hand, and she puts yeah. him back in his place. But turns into some bats. And... She turns into some bats, and she's crazy powerful. <laughs> but also then still treats him respectfully after mm-hmm. that. And they have a really interesting relationship that plays out throughout the season. But they end up having sex as well. At the exact, at the exact same, same time, time. At least in the montage. So there's a lot of stuff going on in the montage. Mm-hmm. Everybody's having sex. Or fighting monsters. Or fighting monsters. All of those things. But what's interesting is that in this portrayal of sex with either Hector and Lenore Mm -hmm. or uh, Sumitaka and Alucard, this is more of a power play. This is Mm -hmm. sex as manipulation, as a a power dynamic, and as ultimately betrayal. Yeah, Lenore's Lenore's way to um, 
get control of Hector is by putting a little bit of the truth into the yeah. into the mix. Uh, the breakdown of his servitude to Dracula was absolutely amazing. Of like, break. Well, what was Dracula going to do for you? Well, you know, it, he, I suppose he was going to give me my own place to live. Did he ever tell you that he was going to do that? Well, no. But I guess I just assumed. So he wasn't like paying you. He wasn't like doing any. And he's like, well, no. I mean, and she was basically like, Dracula's plan was to kill all humans, right? <laughs> And he's like, yeah, but like not, not, like, me. not me, right? She's like, oh, so you were going to be the last of all the humans. It's like, uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe I guess. So uh, not the brightest. No. His, he's just. But she was so manipulative, yeah. though, that she was able to do that. And I love that moment where she puts the, uh, the ring on him. Forged yeah. ring on him. And you I didn't know what the deal was until she gave copies to her sisters. Too. Oh, yeah. Boy, I thought she was going to a... do a power play. And you know. Like, he's mine now. You know, you know, the funniest thing about that is she probably didn't even need to do it. The way I mean the thing that But so so the thing is with this, she she essentially gets Hector to wear a ring. That ring is magically bound mm-hmm. so that he is now uh hundred percent loyal to her. And because the Forge Master's ability makes the soldiers that they raise hundred percent loyal to them, yeah. By yeah. whatever proxy or order of uh, mathematics that is, they're all now hundred <laughs> percent loyal to her. And she shares three more copies of that ring with her sisters. So mm. now the four vampire empresses now have a Forge Master who can raise an army for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in the end, she does make some concessions for Hector. She doesn't. He, just he will live. Yeah. In, he'll live in his own house. He'll be treated well. He will be able to walk wherever he wants yeah. in the castle, but he never gets to leave. He can't and leave. he has to do the work that they tell him <laughs> to do. he has to raise an army. And they're surely going to torture him a little bit more whenever they feel like. Yeah. <laughs> so that's betrayal number one through sex. The, mm-hmm. the more heartbreaking one for me was Alucard, Alucard and, and yeah, twins basically. who who betrayed the twins betrayed him essentially because they thought he was going to betray them. See now, or they they thought he was going to. I wasn't them. sure with that. I thought their plan the whole time was essentially they were vampire hunting mm. humans, and they were looking for for all the intel and information they could get on how to kill the most vampires possible. Sure. Mm. So it's interesting because their vampire master died. She yes. was killed yeah. in the battle to kill Dracula. So there was a power vacuum left back in Japan, too. That's so right. That's interesting that they even say, look, we know she's dead, but because she's dead, other vampire lords are going to come and they're going to, we're going to be back in the same position. Mm-hmm. So to me, they went to him as a way to learn, mm-hmm. but then also to kill him because he's another vampire. Ah, uh, that's, yeah, that's one way to look that's at it. That's their plan anyway, as far mm-hmm. as we know. As they wrap, as they work out, though. as they wrap him up in, um, that was that brutal. coil. Like or, silver or blessed. Where, coil. where Alucard is attempting to use his teleport, his, his weird fans of the video yeah, yeah, game yeah. will know. Yeah. Like that weird light stepping like, he does. Yeah. Like he's trying to do it. Which is tzzz. If you're a Destiny player, yeah. he's a warlock shade stepping out there, yeah. He's, he's attempting to get free and he's not able to and yeah. in a... Uh, with them not counting on his thousands of other powers that he has. Well, and that was interesting because he even... So the way he gets out of it was by summoning his sort of, mm-hmm. like, uh, telekinetically controlled his sword. Yeah. sword mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately puts an end to both of them. But he says something to the effect... They're about to kill him. Mm-hmm. He says something, something to the effect of... He says, I told you my father was not fond of magical weapons... I never said I didn't have one. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, the sword comes and it takes him out. So <laughs> it's a brutal betrayal. Yeah. And you kind of don't blame Alucard for reacting the way he does. Sure. What comes next is kind of a... It's kind of 
It's I, I it's felt bad when he was curled up in like the fetal position yeah. by the like burned mark of where his father died. Yeah, oh yeah, in yeah. His own childhood bedroom. Because <laughs> good God, the. It's, but then after that, it's arguably the same road that Dracula went. Yeah, madness. What? Yeah, madness. Because Dracula before um, before his wife came wasn't. Waging war against humanity in right. a similar way, but his wife but introduced still isolated, him. Yeah, yeah, and he's still isolated. So this is very much a similar thing where Alucard's storyline in season three ends with him putting the brother and sister on pikes, yeah. very much like his father, right at his front door yeah. as he comes to realize that hey, maybe I have more in common with my dad than I originally thought. <laughs> he says something, some to the effect of like. He's like, I suppose I could have just hung a sign, but this seems more your style, father, or something like that. And then it, <laughs> it was just, very, just it was Irish very back to show them like all the pikes. I'm just like, oh God. <laughs> but there's a lot of, uh, to end this kind of the good section here, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of bittersweet kind of tough moments at the end for all of our heroes. So Alcard yeah. has this betrayal. Isaac probably has the best moment. He... He meets uh, a crazy captain who has a philosophical conversation yep. with, who I absolutely loved. Uh, he meets... The a, trade shop He man. meets a, a blind man at the bazaar who gives mm-hmm. him a, uh, a basically a mirror, a teleportation mirror that he can I'm march. going to hell, and I, if I go, I'm going to need a favor from a, <laughs> yeah. deep, from a devil forger. <laughs> <laughs> so he exchanges this, this like teleportation mirror for his whole army uh, for a get-out-of-hell ticket, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he meets a lone magician woman. Yeah, Miranda, mm-hmm. who, who I looked up and does not have. I, a, I asked Ellis about her, and he's like, "Look, not everybody is from the game. Yeah, like some yeah. people are just made up, and that's mm-hmm. one of them." Mm-hmm. So, as far as we know, the captain and Miranda are both new creations. Yeah, from mm-hmm. Ellis, who were great. They gave him uh, people to talk to and people yeah. to bounce ideas off of and act as a mirror back on him. But then we see him defeat. My God, we didn't even talk about this. A magician he who has a magician who has what ability? Uh, the ability to control. Anybody in his vicinity, any I love human the being, way they visually represented the 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 eyes that are beaming out of there's their, like, the the there's light like an, eyes. Yeah, are, there's like an inverted eye that kind of is from their forehead, but they also have like a green crown of yeah, thorns. Yeah, that was that was fantastic. So uh, to the point, <laughs> he is able to control them to the point of insanity, where there is yeah. a giant ball made up of human beings that is. Uh, He's just throwing them. Throwing them at uh, Isaac. Just at Isaac's army, because the army... Isaac's army is pretty masked up by this point. Yeah. Because like you mentioned earlier, if he gets attacked, he stabs a guy, kills him, automatically turns, turns them into, into a new creature. So it's kind of like a war of attrition. Yeah. It's like every one the enemy loses is another one that Isaac gains. He gains, So it's yeah. like, you're really... And he specifically tells his monsters, don't kill them, though. Right. Leave them, like, or... Yeah, leave them... Leave them viable. Leave them viable so I can bring them back. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you can kill them, just don't rip their arms and legs off. Yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah, that crazy, like, we can't even, words that's don't do such it. A, it's, really, it's really tough to describe because I've never seen anything like that. No, I just sat there like, I don't know what is <laughs> happening. It's a giant ball of humans <laughs> being thrown at, like you said, an 80-foot tall night 80, creature. As, as Isaac... Uh, is riding atop a it's like devil, what is devil it? horse. It's like a devil horse, it's like a dracolus. Yeah, it's oh, it's something crazy. But yeah, Isaac eventually. And again, I was, I was literally as I was watching it, looking, pouring through Castlevania Wikipedia yeah, articles like, well, what is going to try on? to find if any of these characters who they were. I don't know if that magician is someone from the I don't uh, lore. I don't know if he is, but I like the fact that. 
it's going to sound weird. So Isaac's background, he was a flagellist, right? So mm-hmm. he was a very devout Muslim practitioner, yeah. I believe, who was also a flagellist. So he would he would kind of whip himself as a means of prayer, yeah. as a means of focus, as a means of uh, connecting with his, his deity. I feel like it was that mental toughness and focus that allowed him to break. Yeah. Oh, that was such a good, that was such a good thing. I remember when that happened, I was like, Oh, right. Isaac's a human being. I totally forgot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Cause he doesn't seem like he is, (laughs) but there's a contest of will between this like really old wizened, uh, magician who's controlled this whole town. And then Isaac at the end, and it looks like Isaac's about to go down, but then his strength and will just like breaks through. And Isaac, who is running up the tower stairs, Which, is being bombarded oh, yeah. by people just clouds of throwing humans. being thrown through windows, being like thrown to the wall that where they're insane. sticking. Uh and once Isaac is able to kill the magician and the magician's powers go away, all of the humans that were levitating in this giant ball of humanity instantly fall down. Yeah. So, I imagine he has a long night ahead where he just, That's has, a, to just has to keep oh, stabbing, stabbing all these. But it's, it's kind of a great finish for Isaac because he's now basically like Lord of this town. Now it's yeah. a town of mm-hmm. the dead, a town of night creatures, but he's kind of like, he even says like this city might not be a bad place to rule over. Yeah. So you're wondering like in season four, like is he going to continue to go and pursue Hector or is he happy being like, in control of the small fiefdom. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Also, when things end for Trevor and Sypha, they essentially, good Lord, how do we wrap this up? <laughs> they find uh, a demon. That's a demon who is, who is, uh, I thought, oh my God, this line. So, <laughs> so when they go, so St. Germain at one point who has infiltrated the cult of Dracula. This yeah. is amazing to just say this. Yeah, isn't it? Who is, who the is, priory. who has infiltrated this cult of Dracula has discovered a neon monster who is nailed to a cross, which it requested. Yeah. He said, that the I want cult you to do this. Says yeah. at one point that, Oh, we nailed you to the cross just like you wanted. Um, so they open up a gate to hell where yeah. all the demons and monsters that we had talked about earlier start pouring out. Right. Sypha and Trevor are unleashing their powers and St. Germain is attempting to close. They're protecting him. He's not really fighting. They're protecting yeah. him to get him into the portal or at least near it. So he can close it mm-hmm. and prevent more demons and night creatures from coming out. And as we see in the um, penultimate episode conclusion, as a camera begins zooming through the landscape of hell, we come across a dilapidated mansion. Looks familiar. Looks kind of familiar. It doesn't have a roof. Hmm. Uh, Didn't know who it could belong to until we see Dracula and his wife Lisa, I believe it was, embracing each other in hell and Dracula, noticing the looks portal, at the looks at the camera, and we cut to black. Yeah. Which is very much as we as we talked about. Yeah, yeah. This could have been could have arguably the season finale, and I thought it was for a little bit. Yeah. But then we go to the next episode where, luckily, Saint Germain sacrifices himself, which you know might not be a sacrifice considering it's, his weird time travel. It's a abilities. sacrifice to that realm. Mm-hmm. He's traveled mm-hmm. to that realm and he's closed off that portal. However, he manages to do that. Mm-hmm. So he can probably still access it somehow yeah. and get out of there some way. It'll probably take form. some uh, magic doing. Sure. <laughs> sure. And we may see that in season four. But this is kind of this kind of lead into my bat a little bit. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. we're going to... Do you have anything else good that you want to talk about? Uh, 
I mean, we covered most of like, like, I mean, really, like, just the animation, the character work, everything, the banter, the wits, the uh, progression of the story, just amazing. So good. it's yeah, it's so good. But yeah. as as much as I love Graham McTavish as Dracula and Emily Swallow for her brief time yeah, as Lisa, as Lisa. Tepish, mm. I get a little concerned that it's going to be like the games where it's going to be like. Well, we, we got to pull Dracula Hanging back, Dracula and then he's back as like there. in whatever body he's in. Oh and man, then kill him again! I get a little worried that they're going to lean too much on that. Oh yeah, those like I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but the resurrections of Dracula in the Castlevania games it's are constant. so insane. Yeah. Like where they where people are trying to get the, his different body parts and put them all together, <laughs> where like, like the cults yeah. and all those other things. Um, yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. I don't. I hope that they don't like because honestly, I wouldn't have wanted to see Dracula return this early anyway. Yeah. Even though it's been a while since season two had finished, like I think that the new players on the board are fantastic with who they are. They're more interesting to me than revisiting them. Yeah, story. a world without Dracula is a much more interesting yes. thing right now than just having yeah this one force that they should look at and I everything. Agree. I think mm. we'll probably get a mix of both, though. I think we'll probably get to see more of the characters we got to meet and spend time with this season. Yeah. I'd be surprised if they didn't at least... Now that they've opened that box up again, mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if they didn't give uh, Dracula and Lisa at least something to close it back on. Sure. Yeah. Maybe. I would I would imagine like a series finale or something, but maybe they'll something. bring him back sooner than that. I don't know. We'll see. What's interesting is it's two of them together. So it's yeah. not just Mad Vlad like set for revenge. Dracula's good. Like, no, he's good in terms of like, he's content. That's they seemed, the sense. They seemed fine. They seemed fine. It's like, like surrounded by hellfire. In the yeah, yeah. The but they, they have each other and that's all they ever really needed, I suppose. So I don't know what they're going to do with it. Mm-hmm. Unless it's just the, the idea is that these exterior forces keep trying to bring Dracula back. Which that's, yeah. that's okay. That's yeah. interesting. Enough. Yeah, sure. Is there anything else that didn't really work for you this season? Um, oh, to touch on one thing, just one brief thing that I thought was pretty good was the Trevor and Saifa heart-to-heart that they had after the adventure was done. Yeah, and that's the kind uh, of bittersweet ending. Yeah, the they, uh, kind of fallen because Saifa yeah. had been going on all these adventures and thought it was such a she grand time. It. What a fun time! I'm with I'm with the guy I'm she's dating. Firebending. I'm firebending. I'm like killing demons. It's all adventures, and then this terrible realization that the um, governor, the, of judge. The, the, the judge of the town, was killing anybody in a very hot fuzz move. Yeah. Was killing people who Stepped disobeyed. Outside. Who ran, like, kids who ran in the streets were being impaled on, brutally, brutally impaled on spikes. Um, and then he kept their shoes as a memento. Oh, yeah. Oh, very bad. That, that's, it's, that's one of my bads. And I, <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, yeah. Just kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, essentially for Sypho to be like, um, or for Trevor to say, we lived a couple of days in your world and now you're going to live a couple of days in mine. Man, that sucked. <laughs> it sucked because you could tell that like Trevor was kind of like, mm, he's like, I really enjoy what we're doing right now, but the real world is still. Yeah. Cool. It's this like, is... I've lived it for a long time, <laughs> but I was bummed that those two are literally the only real heroes of the story. Yeah. Because Alucard sure. is now kind of on the fence. We don't know what's going to happen with him. So we know that Trevor and Sypha are kind of the like, you know, the pure gold-hearted heroes. They're yeah. Gonna, they're going to yeah. do the right thing whether they want to or not. Sure. But I really wanted the judge... Uh, to be just a good person. And it's Jason Isaacs, too. Yeah. <laughs> he rarely gets to play like a good character. He's always a villain. Um, 
He lets. He also he's lets. So go, he lets go of the cult leader. He lets leader. the cult leader go, but he does send him to the same pit. That's that true. That's do, true. So. That was a weird <laughs> twist at the end. And Very felt, yeah, kind of weird. It felt a little cynical, a little nihilistic for me that you couldn't just let him die and not have to have these literal skeletons in his closet yeah. at the end. I don't know what the point of it was. As if the world isn't dark enough exactly. to be like, yeah, I don't like. <laughs> like, I get that the judge is supposed to be this very, like, black and white. It's either, like, you follow my rules and mm-hmm. law and order, or you don't and you're punished. Sure. One or the other, and that's it. And I get it. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to kids just, like, running around and he sends them to the That's death, comically evil. It's bad. <laughs> and it doesn't, there's no reason. Yeah, yeah, for so sure. That, like, that, it is like, I'll still take their shoes and yeah. have them as my, in my own personal murder closet. I gotta tell you, when he came out of that closet <laughs> and he only, like, wiped the two fingers of uh, his hand, I was like, what the what are you doing oh man it was bad um the only other thing this is much less minor like Mm -hmm. more uh, of a minor bad for me i wanted to see a better weapon upgrade for trevor Uh oh for trevor yeah Yeah, just two whips that he had the whole time he had him he just decided to use Uh, both of them so so it's funny (laughs) because there is another there was a um there's an easter egg to the game that people were expecting is that there's a number of things that the Belmonts can do in the video games whenever they get certain items, one of which is a cross, right. that they can essentially unleash this giant energy attack that kills everything on the screen. Right. And that's what people thought they saw. I think they're probably saving it. Yeah, they're probably saving it for something else or something big. But yeah, Sypha gets like new powers and Trevor uses two whips instead of one. It was like when we, the, the very first scene we, we have a Sypha and Trevor, they're um, kind of traveling along in a cart. And we'll talk about that in a minute. In the mm-hmm. LOLs. Mm-hmm. But uh, at one point, Sypha is literally jetting through the air on like bursts of fire. Boy, like, well, yeah, this is airbender. Is. <laughs> but, and then she learns how to bend like electricity at the end, yep. which, which took, you know, airbender, like it took Zuko. Yeah. Five, three seasons to learn how to do. Um, <laughs> well, technically, great. it took her three seasons. Yeah, that's true. So they're on the same, same timeline. Uh, but then when Trevor's like big weapon upgrade moment is like, I've got two, two whips that, that I've had like, the whole time. Oh, buddy. Like, <laughs> and, and not to take anything away from the animation, the action, uh, the fight sequences, because they're amazing. Yeah. But you gotta step that up in, uh, in season in four. In season, yeah. Something, They'll have to figure out something. Like, Em and I were talking, uh, Drac has a shadow whip that he forms out of his own blood at that's, one point that's in the game. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> like Trevor, he just needs he needs something else, whether it's another artifact that he finds in the vaults or in his travels. Yeah. Something. He needs something else. But that was really it. That yeah. there wasn't too much. Honestly, kind of there isn't there isn't a lot to critique outside of no. like like I mentioned, I minor think stuff, yeah. it's minor stuff. I I think that it's with the thing that I mentioned earlier with the Game of Thrones style of yeah. storytelling, that's going to come down to your preference in terms of some people. I think that, like, I really appreciate the slow burn, the slow burn format yes. and not having everything instantly come back together for the end. But I know that some people might see it as a stepping stone to something bigger. Right. Um, because it does kind of set up, like, eventually... For better or worse, Trevor and yeah. Sypha will have to cross paths with Alucard again, whether it's as allies or maybe not. Yeah. And, and like, when you look at it on paper, like, I think that the weakest of the storylines, even though it was good, yeah. was um, Hector and Lenore. Interesting. Okay. Because... The it's in- all set up. It's all set up. Yeah. But it's also the entire season is essentially the cat and mouse game yes. between them 
both. Which but, I, I liked from a, kind of a cerebral sort of like reading a mystery novel. Yeah, take, for sure. Yeah. Because it was very low action. It was all mental manipulations and, and mm-hmm. mind games. Yeah. So it was an interesting wrinkle for that. Plus, I will say, I did like the four vampire. Uh, yeah, episodes. I did They're too. Really um, yeah. Who's what, the name of the big one is? Uh, Striga. Striga. Mm-hmm. And then and the other one, lover, um, Marana. Who doesn't? Yeah. Marana's. They don't really of, have much to do. Striga's mm-hmm. great because her personality comes through. She's big. She's imposing. She wants to go out and fight. Yeah. She's yeah. very much the like warlord. And she's oh, great. Yeah. Marana, she's kind of the. They all actually Stoic. talk about their their defining characteristics, yeah, where yeah. Carmilla is kind of like the wild card. And she's Carmi- like Charlie Day coming in, you don't know what she's going to do. <laughs> and I guess that Carmilla doesn't have a lot to do this season. She uh, just kind of, she sparked. Yeah. She sparked them into action. So their plan now in future seasons is to like essentially cordon off uh, an empire for themselves and farm in a bunch of human cattle. Yeah. So they can essentially yeah. live forever and control this region and have... In a very disturbing, forever. like, oh, well, you so know what's casual. great about humans? You just put a few of them together and they make new humans they for make you. make more humans. And it's like, oh, man, yeah, that's kind of... They're not that's wrong. Dark. They're not wrong, though. <laughs> They're not wrong, but... So it's all... It, it felt very much like setup, and this was yeah. just the mm-hmm. first step of what they needed to do uh, in order to do that. So sure. I thought it was fun. It's a, it's a minor quibble. Yeah. Uh, really, all the stories were strong, well-acted, yeah. amazing animation. It's... It's really like in the review I wrote. Yeah, it's the best season of the yeah, the three for me, definitely. just in terms of yeah, all the different moving pieces and everything, and the new characters they introduced were great. So, well, yeah. you got you got quality and quantity with it too, because it's the yep. longest at tense, and you got Lance Reddick to do one episode <laughs> I think, as a nameless. And he was fantastic. He's great, great nameless captain. But like, give me more of this guy. <laughs> uh, anything else that didn't quite work for you before we get to the stuff that made us laugh? Um. No, not really. It's it's honestly like the the things I mentioned are minor at best. Yeah. It's a fantastic story. I hope it goes on for many more seasons. I kind of I hope it does, but I also hope that they end it on their terms. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. I definitely hope I definitely hope that they do. Because uh the thing is, like, this is ultimately the story of Trevor, Sypha, and Alucard. Right. I don't know if they would um, Bring in jump in into the legacy yeah. of the Belmonts. Uh, you could technically continue to follow the story of Alucard, but I feel like we'd be missing some, missing out on some stuff if we were to continue into the far future with just his story and everything. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, so what made you laugh in, intentionally or otherwise on this season? <laughs> well, as we mentioned, the, <laughs> <laughs> the Alucard and his, uh, isolated madness of talking yeah. with the dolls was really amazing. The uh, the sex scene of Alucard, and while we talked about its themes and it's very powerful, yeah. it is still a threesome with a brother and sister. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're not wrong. Alucard is getting down with that uh, brother and sister. He's uh, He swings both ways. <laughs> I think he's just kind of sitting there like, I don't know what's about to happen. I don't know what's going to happen, but man, it's it. been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's been an exceptionally long time. <laughs> Um, man, oh, the cult of Dracula, just yep. in general, yep. the, um, that, how, that, how enamored they are with, but they're also kind of dumb. They're very dumb, but they're, they're kind of like that, uh, they're like the church in the first season, yes. essentially, which was just, they're, they're walking around town with and they're carving yeah, yeah. that sigil into the side of houses. Which was and, the alchemical symbol for sulfur. 
Yeah, so yeah, that's right. It's pretty cool because it actually was like their symbol was actually one of the alchemical symbols. Oh, nice for sulfur. Yeah, yeah, so that was pretty neat. Yeah, which is like their symbol for hell. And when they <laughs> found out about that from Saint Germain, they were just like fanboys. They were just oh, like, oh, tell us more. You Here's truly these deserve to be with us. I love that they. <laughs> so there's moments. Uh, I love the Saint Germain stuff because he kind of provides the levity through either by duping these kind of idiots. His his reaction. Or his reactions. His exactly. reaction to fighting the monster and then running into the midst of Well, even before that, when he goes into the priory, because they let him in. They won't let anybody else in there. Yeah. And he goes in, and he's basically in, like, a church, except the crucifix is turned upside down. There's a literal pile of, like, human feces, and you're <laughs> in the corner. Yeah. And then in the other side, there's, like, a pile of disheveled books, and everybody's just kind of lazing around. So he walks in and is just kind of like, okay, <laughs> this is bad. But he manages to just, like worm his way past these guys yeah I just love i loved every interaction he had with sala who's the the head oh of the yeah and also he does he does a great job of um bouncing off uh trevor and cypher he riffs he's he, a, he's, he's, a, he's very much yeah, he's, he's, he's an improv going blow for blow with yeah. them on all the witty he was uh, great mm-hmm. and you didn't know what to make of him at first and he ended up being a really great character um pretty much everything trevor did or said though always made me laugh yeah he's got that like dry yeah. delivery um, and Saifa's a good um, right-hand man she to is. him. She's she able to, you know, when she says at one point, like, oh, and then I'll burn you alive. Or yeah. something to St. Germain. Like... Back and forth. <laughs> uh, Richard Armitage, um, uh, Alejandra Reynoso, mm-hmm. uh, fantastic as Trevor and Saifa. One of my favorite interactions with the two of them, and this is how you know 100% that they're in a like, physical relationship. Once they get off the road and Trevor makes his way to a bartender, and orders beer for the first time in God knows how long. And he's like, oh, God, it's better than this. <laughs> and she hears him. And is like, well, I guess you're, like, sleeping alone tonight or whatever. And he's like, hmm. And he's kind of, like, he's torn between, like, do I finish this beer or do I go after her and, like, smooth things Tink. up? Yeah. And she uh, freezes the beer. And she freezes it. And he's like, oh, that. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Did you catch the Grant uh, Dynasty, 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 however you say his name? Did you catch that nod? Oh, uh, no, I must have, I missed that one. So, Grant yeah. is one of the other characters in Castlevania lore, who's, like, the pirate, the very, like, nimble, agile, oh, jumping... Oh, Castlevania 3, so, that's yeah. right, because there was Alucard, Sypha, and Trevor, so, yeah, Grant is the one that they haven't introduced yet. Exactly, and fans mm-hmm. are pissed. <laughs> and uh, Ellis knows that, so this was his nod to Grant. They, when, when Trevor and Sypha are on the road, they're talking about how... They're basically in a landlocked country. Mm-hmm. There's no rivers or yeah. there's no water anywhere. So they say, well, we didn't run into that one crazy bandit who called himself the Pirate of the Roads and he had a sailboat up on wheels. <laughs> on That's your knock. That's how, I mean, honestly, like, you can't blame Ellis for not being able to throw in all what the crazy crap pirate? from. Yeah, it's like, what are you going to do? Is he going to be the third wheel or is he going to hang out with Alucard right. to essentially destroy his isolated, you know, thing or whatever? And that's that, like, you brought St. Germain in in kind of that role, but he had mm-hmm. a different part to play. Yeah. That was off sure. to the side of the story. So, yeah, I don't know that he'll bring Grant in if and when they do. I'm sure the fans will love it, but this was a nice knob for now. He does exist kind of. Yeah. Somewhere out there in the world, but he seems crazy. <laughs> uh, the only it, thing else that made me laugh was that giant ball of humans. Oh, that was such it a, was that was so, so ridiculous and so, I mean, such a cool visual. Like, how could you even think of that? It was really insane. And really, I can't stop laughing at the fact that Castlevania Judgment of all things of was all given things. an Easter egg. <laughs> that game is ridiculous. Like, if, <laughs> if people want to watch some videos of like, go stream really, it on Twitch. Go, yeah. Oh, go stream it or something. But like, the videos of that like that 
game brings in not only the characters that you know, but like characters like the Wolfman from Castlevania 64, who was a Belmont. Like all the, yeah, all these crazy other things. But like, even for, I, I can't imagine, like, we've talked a lot about Easter eggs that we know of and we're kind of familiar with. And barely. And barely. So I can't imagine someone who's like really steeped in the Castlevania lore who's been following it since the beginning or what they're going to be able to pick through. Uh, Because I'm sure there's a ton of stuff that you and I missed just in terms of like references, uh, stuff that was shown in the Infinite Corridor. I'm sure people are going to be able to. I'm sure that Aboriginal gentleman was someone from the games that we just didn't. Maybe I don't know. We saw a bunch of people running through what looked like a very lush, like uh, Egyptian pyramid or complex in its prime kind of thing. There was a ton of stuff that was in there. Some sci-fi elements, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of futuristic stuff. So it was just kind of like a real mind blow. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. If you guys know, let us know. Here, uh, Sean and I talked about this on last week's episode, but have you beaten multiple or one of the Castlevania games? Uh, so the games that... So my favorite Castlevania game, the one that I played most recently is Castlevania Lords of Shadow. Okay. Which is essentially... It's a fantastic... I love that game. And it's kind of... It got mixed reviews, but it's essentially a journey into the early life of Dracula. Mm. Uh, it works really well. Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2 is terrible. And that's when you play <laughs> as Dracula. And it really broke my heart because I was waiting for that game for a really long oh, time. sure. Um, but yeah, I had beaten... Uh, I'm sure at some time I'd beaten, uh, the first Castlevania. Yeah. I played Symphony of the Night more times than I can count, yeah. probably at this point, because I have it on the, my little Vita that yeah, I, yeah. that's usually my go-to on long trips or whatever. Um, Super Castlevania on the Super Nintendo and everything I played. Uh, I haven't played a lot of the DS or 3DS the or Game Boy games or anything, but, uh, you can pick up a lot of those games. I think there's like an anniversary collection. Oh, sure they have uh, there's, yeah, there's like a bundle that has Symphony of the Night and Rondo X mm-hmm. on it, which is, I can't remember the full name of that, but it's the Sega Genesis one. I just love watching the speedruns because I'd never played them as a kid. Oh, that, yeah. I'm so actually going to watch, I'm going to watch, I'd love to see those actually. What I, what I love about them is how they, and this is a digression, but I love how they're like, well, the fastest way forward is to face backwards and just whip jump your way <laughs> this way. So you just hear him scream over and over again. I'm, st- I'm still waiting, Mr. Ellis. I'm waiting for a turkey to bounce out of a wall. At uh, some point in the... You and me both, but <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but I want to see it. Uh, any, anything else that made you laugh before we get to our recommendations? Um, no, it's it's just really like the... It, it's the the uh, quibbles that I have are minor. Sure. It's really just a... It, you know, it is a fantastic entry into an already fantastic series, and I hope it continues further into the future. Uh, just really well done. I hope it keeps going. Fantastic. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, to let you guys know, in case you haven't uh, heard our recommendation section before, we have one of three options. We can recommend it and let you guys know why. Uh, we have, over the past hour or so, let you know why we would recommend it. Or we can not recommend it, and at that point, you have the option to give it the dip. That is the dip from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, meaning we will dip this here cartoon into a vat of the dip, and it will be erased from all existence for all time. We'll never talk about it again. <laughs> I have a feeling we're not going to do that. I don't think we're really going to do that with this one. But do you recommend it? (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that it's definitely... This Castlevania series, I don't think, is necessarily something that you're going to be able to recommend to everyone because it is so... It's graphic. It's adult. 
It has vampires. It has weird. It Cthulhu shows up at one point, <laughs> like for real. And there's angels, angels. Like, all this, not it's, like that. it's tough to be like. But Game of Thrones had a lot of weird stuff in it too. Um, but yes, yeah, so I would recommend it to to fans of Castlevania. They're going to eat this season up. To fans of animation, to fans of Avatar: The Last Airbender, to fans of just. Uh, good storytelling. Yeah. It's really just across the board. It's really fantastic. And I would say, you know, the same. But uh, I would say go back and watch it from the beginning, mm-hmm. even if you have. But it's been a while since you watched the earlier episodes. Yeah. For one reason, this season alone is about as long as the previous two seasons combined. <laughs> there were only 12 episodes before total for the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really is nice to watch them all together as one, like, 22-episode run. Yeah. Because you can kind of, you get a, a better sense of time, a better sense it, of character building over time. It was funny because I was doing a rewatch and yeah, then yeah. I got the screeners. Yeah. And so then I was, yeah. Same. So I had watched the first season. I'm like, I'll start watching season two. And then I got an email that was essentially exactly. like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you want to I'm like, like, oh, yeah, I guess I, I could try to finish off season two before I do that, but I really want to see season three right now. It was really good. That was the thing. I was like, kid on Christmas morning, like, opening that up and just being like, what are we going to get into? Uh, <laughs> season two definitely has its merits, and it's, it's definitely yeah, worth a sure. watch. And it sets up everything in season three, obviously. Yeah. So if you have the time, if you've got 11 hours or just want to take a day off of work, yeah. just go watch. You want a long binge session, like, we'll just watch the whole series from start to, start to finish, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, we're going to wrap up the show here. But first, you heard him on the episode, our friend Bobby Anthem. You can also hear him on his paranormal podcast, Inhuman Experience, with his co-host Bobby Blades. Find them both on Twitter at IEXP underscore podcast. Bobby also has a solo show called In Search of My Lost Soul, also available along with the Inhuman Experience podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and pretty much everywhere else podcasts are found. Thank you once again, Mr. Evan Valentine. Thank you for having me. Love to have you here and talk about crazy stuff for hours at a time. (laughs) Uh, Where can the folks find you out there on the interwebs? Uh, So you can read my stuff now on the regular almost every single day at comicbook.com. I cover, as I said before, animation, uh, comic books in general, uh, WWE stuff now, as well as horror. Um, And so really, it's feel free to read my stuff. It's really been fantastic so far being able to just write about the stuff that I love and talk about it and everything. It's been cool. So yeah, feel free to or follow me on Twitter, EV Comedy. Uh, Yeah. That's it. Very cool. <laughs> or, or go ahead and read my old stuff from Collider, where I used to write. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a bummer. Like, I'm happy for Evan that he has this new gig and he actually enjoys what he's doing. Uh, but it's a bummer because I can no longer tap him for, like, comic book explainer. Oh, you can always like, tap me for... <laughs> under Just have to go through a number of different channels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure out what his pseudonym is going to be. Maybe Alucard Belmont or something. Uh, as for me, you can find me over at the aforementioned Collider.com. Check me out on Twitter at DrClawMD. And if you're the reading sort, you can pick up The Science of Breaking Bad from MIT Press. Available anywhere books are sold. Read it. It's good. It is good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have multiple copies sitting right by me. And there's even an audiobook, which I did not record. So that's the story for another day. Uh, as for this here show itself, if you want to support us, that's great. Check out our Patreon page to see how. You can also tell a friend or leave a review on Apple iTunes. Sean tells me it works, but neither of us know how. You can also slide into our DMs on Twitter at MorningTunes. Remember, that's Morning with a U. It's also Morning with a U on Instagram and Facebook at Saturday Morning Cartoons. You can drop us an old-fashioned email, saturdaymorningcartoons at gmail.com. You can check out all these links on our link tree in the bio for all of our social media sites. You can also listen to this show on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. 
that's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this Castlevania chat. Season 3. Woo! <laughs> We're hoping to see you guys for Season 4. So uh, feel free to leave a comment with your theories, spoiler theories, for Season 4. And be sure to ask Sam Dietz when Season 4 is on the way. I'm sure he's going to love that. He's going to love it. <laughs> Don't tell him we sent you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you later. See ya. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out. <laughs>